0: Welcome back to the mentors. It's the mentors. It's the mentors. It's coming at Ment- you live. Ment- actually, Ment- anyway. <laughs> we are not live. Well, it's not live. It's pre-recorded, actually. <laughs> so it is, yeah. I lied to you. I'll, I'm so sorry. He is sorry. But let me turn the volume up so y'all can hear us. What? What up? Okay. What? Welcome back to our show. Thank you for tuning in. If it's your first time tuning in, where have you been? Uh, We we missed you. Well, we didn't know you, but we will miss you if you don't come back. Please. Yeah, you will. Okay. This is Vadim. And I'm Sergey. And this is a show where we tell stories of ordinary people that became extraordinary entrepreneurs despite lack of experience, money, or connections. And then there's times we just talk about ourselves because why the H not? It's our show. It's our show. So we can do whatever we want. And today we're gonna to be talking about why being bullied after coming to these fine United States actually served us well in our life, even though back then, well, it would make us cry sometimes not yeah. always i love how you said by the way our life as if we share a life we already get enough comments like that being twins get a life oh my god uh, so many times people said that to us get a life go back to russia you why commie? people would you're call us commie, commie yeah. even though we weren't i mean i guess we were communists everybody wasn't well one time i came home <laughs> and i said mom we're, well i said they're calling us communists i said it in russian of course as any communist would <laughs> and uh and my mom said, well, you have to be 18 years old to be in the Communist Party. So there is a fallacy in their statement. And I said, that is wise and true. And that is going to be my comeback. And it was, and it didn't help. We love comebacks. <laughs> it was actually an, inter- an interesting experience getting bullied. And while you don't know how to respond in English, <laughs> uh, we we came here in third grade when we were almost nine years old, basically spoke maybe a few, just a few words of English. I Actually, could say no. Yes, and thank you. We we didn't speak any English, but we did learn the alphabet when we lived in Belarus, and we could recite it faster than any American. I was really proud of it. educational I can do it faster. ABCDFGHKNLPQRSTWXYZ. Okay. I swallowed my words yeah. there, so Sergey wins, but, yeah. but you get the point. A yeah. source of pride. No one was impressed by that, though, surprisingly. <laughs> no. But it was an interesting experience getting bullied, and I think the first word that I learned is stupid because people would say like people would try to do something to us tease us and i'd be like stop it and i didn't know the difference between stop it and stupid and i would just like i think i would just say stop it stupid yeah <laughs> but but that i remember that one kid that we said it to who got upset he used to eat glue yeah he was a weirdo but so, you know who wasn't at that age but yeah. kids would say, "Go back to Russia," and our comeback would be, "You know, get me a ticket, <laughs> buy me a ticket," which I guess made people even more angry. so we that. weren't even from Russia, so yeah. there's just those kids were ill-informed. But either way, we, uh, we, we lived in a yeah. Well, we lived in a, a city, in Worcester, Massachusetts, which I think the urban environment was an interesting one because even though you would think that it'd be pretty diverse and people would be pretty accepting, that wasn't really the case. It was mostly white people, some Puerto Ricans, some black people. That's about it, and everybody kind of stuck to their own Oh, if click. You click clicks. Click. Yeah, yeah, clicks. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And if you were different, then you were automatically bullied. And honestly, there wasn't any really any other Belarusian kids or Russian kids in our class and our school. And so we were definitely easy targets. And we hated it back then. Luckily, we had each other. But that's this episode is all about why we think it actually made us stronger entrepreneurs and leaders later in life. And also how you can think about the adversity you may have experienced in your own life and what you hopefully learned from it and how you can apply it as a strength now. If you're a parent and your kids are being bullied, know that it's not the end of the world. Hopefully, they'll learn how to deal with that bullying and it'll make them stronger. Obviously, you need to be there for them, make sure that they don't uh, think about hurting themselves or anything like that. But bullying is not the end of the world. It's part of life. And we actually think it can be beneficial sometimes. So the first takeaway that we wanted to share with you is why we think being bullied actually helped us develop a thick skin now anytime you have to deal with negative situations with adversity with trauma with anything really shocking and surprising in the long run, it typically helps you persevere if you are to experience that similar situation again. And so developing a thick skin is really important, not only for business, but just to go through the difficulties of life. And in the beginning, when we moved to America, like anybody else, we wanted friends. We didn't want to sit alone at the table while all the kids, including the not so popular kids got to sit together and at chat lunch, yeah. before yeah lunch or before school started. We didn't want to be excluded from the hand touch football games that were going on during recess but because we couldn't catch uh, (laughs) or run or throw for that matter but you know yeah we weren't really allowed to play sports for some reason that back then then we in high school we were but My parents were overprotective, and so we were excluded from team sports and from joining even recreational leagues until later, until we were about 14. And so because of that, we were seen as outcasts, and pretty quickly we had to learn how to be okay with being alone. Now again, we're lucky. Uh, I know there's a lot of kids out there that are being bullied, seriously bullied, that don't have, let's say, uh, one friend or, or brother or sister to go to, and we're twins and we had each other. But even... As we had each other, I would remember we would sit before school and argue over who should come up to the other kids to try to initiate a conversation to hopefully get a chance to sit with them before class started. And so even together, it would cause some fights. But eventually, we kind of learned how to keep busy because after, I mean, how much time can you spend just... Pining over wanting to hang out with the kids, we just figured out how to keep busy ourselves. We focused on schoolwork. We focused on some of the friends that we were able to hang out in our building, and it did help us develop a thick skin. And there was even one point, Sergey, tell the story about what happened when when we got into a fight and the teachers just stood there. Yeah, talk about feeling rejected even by adults as a kid horrible feeling. But fights were not uncommon in this school. And we would get in them every once in a while. I don't think any of them were instigated by us, to be honest. But who knows? I really don't think that was the case. We're not really fighters, per se. We don't seek fights, but we will not back down from fights. That's something we learned about ourselves early on. But yeah, there was a situation where this kid started basically shoving us and pushing us around, and it pretty soon degraded into a scuffle on the floor, on the ground. And the teachers were just standing there. I don't know if they didn't want to intervene, but one of them I think I saw laughing or smiling. And it took probably a good several minutes of fighting for the teacher finally to break it up when one of us basically demanded that they break it up. And we learned very quickly that you can't always rely on people, even people that ostensibly are in a position of authority. So what we started doing is telling on kids. (laughs) I mean, we did what we could basically to stop the physical abuse. And so we would go directly to the principal and tell them what happened. And it would initiate a whole conversation with parents, et cetera, whatever. And this way we got, I think, about three kids suspended and let me tell you after that the fighting subsided it, it didn't fully stop but it was much more infrequent because kids didn't want to get expelled or suspended and we just didn't care we had nothing else to lose now it also didn't really earn us any points in friendships either but people did realize that we weren't just going to be pushed around and we weren't just going to kind of sit there while somebody physically assaulted us and so a lot of people are afraid they They don't share sort of this burden of being bullied with anybody else because they're afraid of repercussions but pretty quickly we learned that there's really no reason to be afraid because the other side doesn't really want to get in trouble either but since teachers sometimes wouldn't help us directly and since going home and waiting to get home wasn't an option, we learned to talk to the, the highest person, which was yeah. the principal at the time. And so later in life, that would serve us well because we weren't really ever afraid, especially when we were we ran our own business and we had to talk to executives and go straight to the top to resolve issues sometimes or let's say get an email from an upset customer or CEO We knew how to have a discussion with them because we've been talking to these people, people of authority, from a very young age. So there wasn't much that they could tell us that we haven't heard yet. No, and exactly. And we knew we will go to whoever will resolve things for us or get things done in a way that we think is necessary. And so that's something that we developed at a very young age. And I will say that there's another thing that we learned through this process and it's very, very applicable in business, is that you should trust people. You're going to have a miserable life if you don't trust anyone, but always trust, but verify. And what what I mean by that is that you shouldn't blindly trust people. There are people out there that smile at you, that say nice things to you, but then do things behind your back, talk about you behind your back, or try to sabotage you, whether in a professional way, personal way, whatever it might be. And so you should keep your eyes open, your ears open, and make sure that the person's not trying to take advantage of you in any way. Maybe talk to others that they work with to make sure that they're a good person, a fair person, that they're not gonna try to screw you over. And in particular, business partners. This takes time to learn about people, but make sure that you really trust somebody to look out for your own best interest. Your organization's best interest before you really blindly put your faith in them and the reason why we learned this is because we saw from a very young age that kids did things based on what was cool they followed the herd part of the reason why we couldn't sit at the cool table during lunch is because the cool kids didn't want to look bad in front of their cool friends. And even some kids in private would tell us, yeah, you know, you guys are okay, or I wouldn't mind if you guys hung out with us, but, you know, these other people don't really want you to. And that would be the end of it. So we learned that that is really a reality, and some people grow up as adults, and they never grow out of this. So that's just something that's important to keep in mind is everyone is different. Yeah, and the trust and verify thing translates really well to contracts and actually always asking questions, especially if you're entering into a business agreement or even if you're signing an employment contract especially if you're consultants, because those contracts can have, have some very interesting language in them. I always push back on things that I don't agree with. And I always read every single contract word for word, especially when you're incorporating a company, for example, and you're working with lawyers, lawyers miss things all the time. And I just learned that no one's going to, our dad taught us this too, no, no one's going to care about something or look into something in as much detail as you. And a lot of times lawyers, by the way, they will delegate work to associates, somebody younger anyways. And so these folks are working on contracts all the time and they make mistakes all the time. So you need to trust, but verify. And a lot of times when I've asked for changes to be made in contracts, like consulting engagements, I will get those changes made. They are agreed to because as long as you can back it up with common sense, there's no reason why it wouldn't be changed. Typically these contracts are made to protect the employer or the organization that's signing you on. And so you need to be able to protect yourself as well. The next reason why we think being bullied for years was really a blessing in disguise. And and it was pretty systematic over the course of five years, I want to say five or six years is that it developed this fighter mentality in us that we still kind of have now I don't mean fighter in the sense that seek out fights have physical fights, we do not condone physical fights, although they did occur in our childhood. And that is just a reality. And we'll Um, tell you a few of those stories (laughs) shortly. Yeah. But I remember the feeling that I used to have this feeling of an injustice is happening and I need to solve it. And this carries over to today. And I'll give you an example. There was a time we used to have a park across the street from the school that we went to in middle school. And we would have gym class in the park pretty much every week. And obviously it's a pretty big park. And so the teacher can't possibly control everything that's happening in the park. And we're playing capture the flag, and I look over to the opposite side of the field that we were on, and I see, right as I look over, I see that this kid punched Vadim in the stomach, and Vadim, I think it knocked the wind out of him because he was bending over in pain, Yeah. and... This feeling of, I will say it was rage, (laughs) washed over me that next thing you know, I'm running across the field. I don't even care if the kid knows that I'm coming and I just tackled him to the ground. Because I wasn't going to let him punch my brother in the stomach, let him continue the fight. And that feeling of injustice, and luckily, you know, the gym teacher was a nice guy and he saw that it was just a kid's fight. We broke it up really quickly, no one got in trouble and it's fine. But that feeling of injustice... And needing to solve an injustice is something that we still feel to this day. If there's somebody that is mistreating one of us, whether it's in a business situation trying to take advantage of us, or if there's some sort of bureaucratic red tape that we can see is happening that's really, in our eyes, unfair, that same feeling of injustice washes over us and we will break down any wall to get that thing solved. We will go to any lengths to make sure that it goes in our favor. So a huge advantage that we developed At a very, very young age, and that still carries over to today. And that same kid, his name is Zach, I will say. I'm not going to say his last name. And Zach, I hope you turned into a wonderful, upstanding individual. But back then, you were a pill. And (laughs) I remember that another day, maybe even a few weeks later, we were leaving school and my bus was about to leave bus number two and we have another bus story later by the way it was (laughs) bus number two was a crazy freaking bus and i remember zach started holding my backpack and you sergey were already ahead of me obviously we were trying to catch the same bus and he just wouldn't let go and i remember that was the first time i ever learned that it hurts to punch a face (laughs) (laughs) i just turned around and i punched him in the face honestly i don't think it was that hard But I definitely hit his cheekbone and my knuckle hurt after that. And I remember the look of shock on his face that I actually hit him on school grounds. He did not expect that. He was just laughing like an idiot, thinking that, you know, I was going to miss my bus or I wasn't going to retaliate. But again, we had that fighter mentality instilled in us already. This was probably year four or five of being bullied in America. And so we weren't going to hold back. And I punched him in the face. And guess what? After that... He never touched either of us again and actually avoided confrontation with us. Now, I will say, especially if there are any children listening out there, try not to do that. Try to avoid it. Now, self-defense is totally different. I believe, obviously, that if you're being attacked, you can defend yourself. It's it's obviously in your right. But this should be a completely last Resort. There's other more intelligent ways of solving problems. The lesson, because what happens when you're an adult and you get into physical altercation? Well, somebody might have a weapon. You actually might get stabbed or shot and die accidentally if somebody hits you in a wrong way. Or at the this very stuff least you Go to jail. So. I mean, this stuff happens in real life, and people get seriously injured, and sometimes really unfortunate things happen. Or yeah, you you people call the cops and you go to jail. So do not do that. The lesson is not to punch somebody in the face. The lesson is. That if somebody is trying to wrong you, you fight back. You fight back in whatever means you have necessary. Hopefully not physical. We're not talking about physical altercations here. We're talking about when somebody is trying to wrong you in business, in relationship, etc. You don't take a lying down because then people see that as a signal and they will continue to walk all over you. And most importantly, don't forget there's other people out there that can help you. Okay? Especially if you're in school and you're more timid. You can share it with other people and you should. You shouldn't go through this alone. Okay, so the next point that we want to make is we think that bullying also helped us work with and deal with strong personalities. Now, especially in the workforce and especially... If you're in business, you're gonna be around strong personalities all the time. It could be in a pitch meeting, it could be in an internal meeting where you want to have your voice heard, but somebody else is screaming louder, somebody else is bulldozing through the conversation and controlling it. Now we learned how to do this early on because we were dealing with personalities that were stronger than us, and quite frankly, especially before we spoke English, people took advantage of that situation. And the best thing you can do when you're dealing with a strong personality is to acknowledge them, sometimes even stroke their ego, and then diffuse any situation by getting them on your side. And actually, to give you a quick example of how I was able to diffuse a situation in my professional life, I remember I was working for this one CEO, and I've actually talked about him before in an episode about quitting your job or how to tell your boss <laughs> how to tell your boss you're shadowing. <laughs> but he ended up quitting that oh, job. Oh, I quit that job so hard. But I was there for three years. So I remember that CEO, he was a very, very strong personality. So much so that he made every woman in the company cry. And even I almost cried, (laughs) seriously, just because he would be so emotionally overbearing. Abusive? Abusive, for sure. Luckily, not physically. You know, that is really important. If you're in a workplace where your management or your boss or your CEO is emotionally abusive, that is not a place you should be. If you have the luxury of looking for other jobs and leaving, please do because it's only gonna give you gray hairs and take away from your life. So I remember one morning, I was essentially in charge of product and was really the only one that knew how the whole product worked, which is part of the reason why he couldn't fire me and kept on giving me raises. By the way, just side note, that's how you become indispensable in a company is by knowing as much as possible. And so I was also running interference between the tech team and the business teams. And so I remember one morning I came into work and I was the first one to notice that a bunch of our major clients Websites were down. We hosted massive video properties for huge brands that I won't name, but publications that you've definitely heard of. And I valued my relationship with these folks. More, more even so than the how they looked at our company, but more so that i worked very closely with them. And so from the professional perspective, I wanted to make sure that they were aware of anything that could actually impact their business. They were generating revenue from using our product and our product was failing. And so before I went to anybody, I made the executive decision to get in front of the situation and email my primary contacts at these three or four major publishers to tell them that their video channels were down and that we're working to resolve the issue. I remember about five minutes later when the CEO noticed that I sent the email, he stormed into the open space from his office and he said, Vadim, come to my office right now. And I said, Ooh, "I'm feeling like I'm feeling like a, a a nervous feeling right now." As you even say that, like, oh, yeah. I don't know if you were feeling nervous or <sighs> like here we go. Like you and I like sometimes <laughs> confrontational yeah. situations, right? No, I, but I thought to myself, "Mother effer, like oh, God, not again." Because this guy did this this stuff all the time. I actually don't think he's a terrible human being, but he just didn't really know how to manage people. So he's walking to his office. I'm behind him. I'm starting to steam because I'm like, I knew something like this was gonna happen, but let's see where this goes. So I'm standing outside the office and he goes on to completely berate me, almost to the point of calling me names, saying, how dare you reach out to them without checking with me first? And at this point, and you've probably, we've all probably experienced this where your adrenaline starts to run high and your blood is starting to boil. And it's absolutely the time where you might flip out and regret what you do. And definitely the time when some fights can actually break out. Definitely not physically, but I could have said some words because he certainly said some words to me. And I remember that he was looking at me. At this point, he had gotten up and he had come close, pretty close to me as he was talking. And when he stopped talking, all these thoughts were going through my head. And I knew that if I waited there, if I, Engaged with him. I would regret what would happen. I was fortunate enough to have that foresight in my mind And so all I said was I disagree with you And I literally turned on my heel and walked away and I remember picturing that his face I mean he, he must have been in awe that I just walked away without letting him Essentially enjoy the moment so to speak and validating him and not only did I, I didn't walk back to my seat I actually walked out and went to the bathroom because my mom taught us when we were young when angry count to 10 and I was absolutely angry and so I went to the bathroom I did a bunch of deep breathing I counted to 10 and settled down and went back to my seat and continued work and 20 minutes later he actually called me back to his office and he didn't apologize but he did actually uh, and I would say he it it was big of him I guess at the time he did say you know what, ultimately you made the right decision. Because I did. I mean, the, the clients were happy. Their sites were back up within an hour. It did take us quite some time. It was a big technical glitch uh, to resolve the issue. But they were glad that they didn't discover it themselves because if they reached out to us saying, hey, what the hell is going on? They would have been way more angry. Moral of this story to me is don't treat your employees poorly or they might end up talking about their experience on their podcast. (laughs) That's true. We're keeping it anonymous though. But yeah, I mean, ultimately I think that this person did create value and and is a good professional with some respect. And so I don't want to badmouth somebody directly. But sometimes you do have to deal with these strong personalities and uh, there will be difficult situations that you need to be able to diffuse by walking away. So after many of fights, being bullied in school, I guess eventually we learned that it doesn't get you too far to physically fight or to have any kind of confrontation and altercation that won't have a positive result. And so walking away sometimes is the best thing you can do. Absolutely. Huge lesson. So the last story that we're going to tell you is a story about perception and why it matters. Something that we learned at a very young age. And you're going to hear two very, very different experiences in this story. This is eighth grade, and we were still living in Worcester, Massachusetts at the time. By the time we were in eighth grade, the fights started getting less and less frequent. I will say that that was a nice thing is like people are starting to grow up a little bit but they were still happening. Well, we were also starting to assimilate. I remember listening yeah. to Limp Biscuit and stuff, we Eminem, were, you know, know, watching Friends and stuff. Oh, maybe not yet but we were getting a little bit cooler. Yeah, we didn't really... And we sp- spoke full English with, with no accent. Yeah, we were speaking English but we didn't really know pop culture music that much so we still were kind of outcasts. And... We were on the school bus, and by now we had, like, one friend. That was nice. His name was Billy. Hey, Billy. What's up, man? How you doing, man? Uh, He looked like one of the Hanson brothers. (laughs) Yeah. But we actually played music together. It was cool. But we were on the bus. This is bus number two. And let me just tell you that the school bus driver was not the most attentive person in fact they did not care at all about what happened on that bus kids would be like sitting on the on the top of the seat kids would be walking around the bus like doing whatever the hell they wanted essentially i remember even he he would like slam on the brakes going downhill yeah, just so hilarious. we would all fly it was really dumb like he was trying to teach us a lesson he ended up getting fired later but yeah basically it was us hanging out in the back and these kids like started saying some words to us and pretty soon a fight broke out on the bus on now, the bus. Again, this most school bus drivers would stop the bus right there and try to break up the fight. Not this guy. He just kept yeah. on... Actually, he was, like, accelerating. Yeah. So this added fuel to the fire. And about five minutes into this, maybe even, like, a minute, honestly, happened so quickly into this physical altercation, basically about half the bus got involved in this brawl. And it was, like, three of us, me, Vadim, and our friend Billy, against pretty much everybody on the bus. Now, I just want to say, <laughs> yeah. Billy... Thank you for being a friend. Yeah, du- you, dun- 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 back a, again. You're a pal mm-hmm. and a confidant. Thank you for being a friend. Yeah, Maybe we watched too much Golden <mumbles> Girls when we were in yeah. eighth grade, too. Maybe that didn't score us any points. Those ladies were awesome. I oh. love those little old ladies, especially <laughs> Sophia. Ah, yeah. Sophia. My heart. Sophia. Okay, Okay, but... Um, B. Arthur, too, though, crushed it. The whole bus is basically fighting now. Now, you have to realize that, like, even though people are jumping over seats and stuff, it is a bus and pretty narrow pathway to walk towards. So it's not like there's three of us fighting 20 kids simultaneously it's kind of like one at a time but anyway that so there's a fight happening and pretty soon it it stopped luckily actually the reason why it stopped is because when the school bus would stop the kid would have to get off at a stop and our stop came and luckily we were able to get off the bus and fight whatever nobody got seriously injured it was fine and we were even walking with one of the kids who like was one of the quote-unquote cooler kids we lived next to each other and like we would just find ourselves walking near him a lot of the times and he was chatting with us and it was totally fine and like he almost like a friend talking to us but he wouldn't be seen with us talking to us in school basically so that was always really angering for us but three months later our parents my our dad had uh, started a small business my mom was a school teacher they were starting to save some money and like one of their biggest dreams since coming to the United States was to move out of a small apartment and move into a house and Finally, they were able to afford to buy a house. We ended up finding a place in Westboro, Massachusetts, which is a really nice suburb, about 20 minutes from that town, from that city that we were in. And we moved there at the end of eighth grade. And I remember actually a year before that, we were telling kids that we might move to the suburbs, and they were like, Oh, no, you won't. You guys are poor. You guys will never move to the suburbs, right? But yeah, a year later, we did move. And A couple months after we moved, we went back to that middle school to accept a National Honor Society award. We were part of the National Honor Society, which, whatever, we didn't really do much for that. (laughs) But we got an award for some reason. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. And let me tell you, it was insane. It was like traveling to another dimension because the kids treated us completely different. I know. I remember Jamie, who had a crush on, she, like, would talk to us. And she said, my tie looked really nice. She, like, grabbed your tie and, yeah. like, it was, like, stroking it. it was so weird. Oh my and God. this is eighth grade when you, like, don't even know how to talk to girls. And popular kids are talking to us and all of this. And that was a huge lesson for us. Because we moved to the suburbs out of the city where these kids were kind of still stuck, if you will, they basically considered us as rich now. Right. Like, I don't think we were we weren't super wealthy. We had we definitely had a nice house we're and everything. Middle class, yeah. yeah, upper middle class by then. We my my parents definitely hustled and got us out of the lower lower middle class, sort of poor. We were on food stamps before to upper middle class. Well, we were on food stamps when we moved to America, right? Which is actually just a nod to the government assistance programs, but not for very long. Yeah, not for very long. But we definitely needed it in the beginning. And you know, minimum wage jobs aren't going to get you very far. Our dad worked at a gas station before he started his business, but that was such a crazy lesson for us because kids thought we were rich they treated us completely differently and we all of a sudden became cool and so what that taught us is that perception really does matter it's unfortunate but the way that people are is what they believe you are who they believe you are what they believe you have informs how they treat you so take that into account if you're being treated poorly maybe you just need to adjust your image a little bit. Maybe you just need to adjust the type of people you associate with. Because perception and image does matter and people will treat you differently. We're not suggesting that you should change who you truly are, but the way people perceive you online, on social media, or professionally, is important and will affect how they treat you and we learned that at a very young age unfortunately that's just the reality yeah so pro tip by the way linkedin is uh, really popular if you're working on a business or you're trying to get a new job or change careers make sure you button up your social profile on linkedin because a lot of times somebody that's looking at your resume will look at that first and your story needs to be compelling there as well because perception is important and that's why even people say dress for the job you want not the job you have i mean if you are working in a blue-collar job or, or something like that. We actually, this guy that was on our podcast, Larry Petretti, he went from working in construction to, after an injury, having a chance to work basically in the office, the administrative side of construction. And the first thing that he did as he noticed the people around him is he stopped swearing <laughs> as much, and he started wearing suits, which he never had done before. And he told us that people started treating him differently. If you want to check out that episode, it's uh, getting to $90 million business after uh, 50 with Larry Petretti. If you go on the website mentors.co and you'll look for Larry Petretti, you'll yeah. find him. It was one of the earlier episodes. Yeah. But that was a great lesson that he learned and we did as well is that if you want people to view you differently and treat you differently, you kind of have to act the part, if you will. And you will grow into that role eventually. You don't have to sacrifice who you are truly. I I really don't think you do. So look, if you're young and you're being bullied, understand it's not forever. When we actually moved to Westboro, it ended up being a very diverse town. A little town of 14,000 people, but Very diverse, and I think it's because it was at the point where we also just got more assimilated. We got friends right away, and we became pretty popular. Not the most popular, whatever. We weren't like jocks by any means, actually. We (laughs) we didn't even play sports until high school. Ten minute uh, mile. But we had a bunch of friends, and and we had a happy high school. I look back at it fondly. Uh, But even as an adult, you're going to face adversity because of a million reasons. It could be because of your race, gender, perceived social class disability i mean the accent (laughs) accent anything lack thereof people like british accents people don't like southern accents some do see these are generalizations that (laughs) are dumb but there's a million reasons and you should strive not to think about it as a horrible thing or as a negative thing especially because most people will face that at some point or another but try to use that to your advantage because it makes you stronger Maybe not in the moment, it might not feel like that, but ultimately it does make you stronger and try to be conscious of the lessons that you learned from that experience and have those lessons translate into how you actually handle difficult situations, handle difficult people and try to push through and ultimately succeed in whatever your journey is. And for us, I'll be honest that to this day, I would attribute a lot of the success that we've had and there's a lot more things that we want to accomplish. We're not done by any means. We have a lot more to do. I will attribute a lot of that by the fact that I remember the feeling as a kid wanting to prove those kids wrong. Wanting to prove that we are cool, that we can fit in, that we can do cool things. And that's stuck with us. So use that to your advantage, translate it into action and prove them wrong. We hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, you can reach out to us at Vadim at TheMentors.co, Sergey at (laughs) TheMentors.co, (laughs) TheMentors.co. And uh, if you would be so kind as to go into iTunes or your platform of choice that you listen to this podcast on, leave us a review because it helps other people discover the show. And we thank you so much as always for listening. And of course, even if you don't want to leave a review, you can just hit a five-star rating. We appreciate that as well. And as always, we love you. Love ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.